0: This is the show with Cannon Brown.
1: Alright, give, uh, give me the pitch. Anybody that's listening here, give me the pitch for U of A.
0: Dare to be different. That, that's, that's kind of my pitch. That last few minutes might have been a little confusing. You'd like to know who I was talking to, wouldn't you?
1: What's going on, guys? Welcome back to another episode of the show with Cannon Brown. I'm your host, and I've got a great guest for you guys today. I'm on a judging coach kick, I guess. I had Jeremy Burkett on, the head judging coach at Casper Junior College on last episode. And now I'm going to have on William Milischowski. And I probably said that wrong, Um I don't know how to pronounce his last name, to be honest with you. But what I do know is he can probably trace his lineage back to 1,200 years with that last name. I, I don't know. It's from some village in Eastern Europe or something like that. Whatever it is. Will, sorry. Your last name is very hard to pronounce, okay? But William is a great guy. Uh, He's the new head judging coach at the University of Arizona, where I go to school down here in Tucson. Um, And he's currently trying to reboot this program, uh, get it out of the depths that it's been in for a while, and that's not to say anything about the past judging coaches that have come through this program, but Arizona just hasn't had a lot of support. We don't have a junior college that funnels into the University of Arizona. When you think of judging, you're not thinking of the University of Arizona, okay? But Will is trying to change that culture. He's trying to make a change in terms of uh, recruiting, in terms of uh, working with alumni to get some support. So, we're really excited about him being down here in Tucson to get another team started, a competitive team, hopefully. So I hope you guys like this interview. Um, check out the other podcasts, Legendary Mindset, The Keeper, Pen, Cattle Pros. Uh, we've got a lot of stuff coming your way, so we're excited. Um, again, I, I talk way too much, and I haven't been around uh, the past two weeks. Sorry about that. But I will be consistent. I know that I say that every week. I'm going to be more consistent, guaranteed, okay? That's enough of me talking. Let's do it, William Miloshowski. You're safer here than any place else. Now just lock yourself awesome. in and keep
0: quiet.
1: <laughs> All right, we are sitting here. I'm sitting here yeah, with Mr. No, oh, no, where are we?
0: Oh, well, I guess so. Okay, yeah. We fair, are we? fair enough. Where are we? Yes.
1: I'm sitting here with Mr. William Willinowski. Say it. I I
0: just messed it up, dude. Say it again. <laughs> you look right at me and you messed it up. It's Milischowski, but you're fine. Milish,
1: Milishowski. There you go. Thank you. Okay. It's It wouldn't be a good podcast if it didn't mess up your name.
0: Uh, fair enough.
1: Milishowski. There you go. From Illinois. Yes, sir. G- good guy. We're sitting down here um, in Tucson, Arizona, because you are the new head judging coach here at the University of Arizona. Yes, sir. Uh, and I love doing live interviews. I'm just... I, I think they go so much better when you're in live in person. So Agreed. it's it's good to have you here to kind of talk about the program and and figure out where you come from and why you're well, here.
0: Well, it's a pleasure to be here. Yeah, um, I appreciate you having me on. Um, it, it was kind of a whirlwind thing coming down here. It wasn't Never really saw myself coming to Arizona. Won't yeah. lie. Um, not the first place I think of when I think of. Of livestock but that's all right um just kind of one of those whirlwind things got hired on did some interviews last last fall and and ended up coming down here in the spring um kind of just a reboot of the program there's there hasn't been a bunch here a few have have tried and some have succeeded but not here recently um the last one would have been zane webster now, yeah. now out doing extension in New Mexico, and before that, really not since Johnny Trikel. <laughs>
1: yeah, no, it's it's the University of Arizona judging program has not had a incredible past, that's for sure. Many have tried, like you said, and and they just can't get the support that they need, or or just the university isn't really well known as being a a judging school. So you're not. Yeah. We don't usually get a lot of recruits. I mean, some from Clarendon, like you have some now. Yep. Um, but we're going to try to fix that here. Yeah. That's what we're trying to uh, fix. That we. That's what you're trying to fix.
0: Yeah. I, I think the thing that maybe sold it in, in my interviews was the fact that I was willing to come in. And I was asking a whole bunch of questions that they probably didn't, well, they quite frankly didn't have answers for. Yeah. Um, I came in and I was asking, you know, what what's my scholarship budget? What's my travel budget? What do all do I have to kind of be able to pass out? Because I come from the Midwest, you know, coming from junior colleges, senior colleges. I'm used to, you go to a JUCO, you judge for two years, you move on, you go into a senior college, you judge that year. And that is the way this whole thing works. We yeah. don't have, you know, all these in-house kids. You have a few and you just kind of use that to fill in spots. You have kids, we have a lot of experience. Yeah. Yeah. Obviously, coming here, it's a little different. I don't have that opportunity. Um, we were fortunate enough to to garner one or two JUCO kids this first year um, that I kind of pushed for early, maybe even before I kind of had the job officially. <laughs> um, but we got them landed. We got them in and kind of starting to plant the seeds for next year. Yeah, uh, Getting on a few kids now to, you know, come take a look. Come, you know, maybe take an unofficial visit, you know, Obviously, with COVID, we can't be on campus yeah. for most part of it, but trying to get them in, trying to get them interested.
1: Yeah. I think that's all, that's all we need to do down here in Tucson is if we can get a coach to stay here and actually try to build a program, I think the kids will follow because, yes, university is great. I mean, it's beautiful weather down here at all times. Um, you can go skiing in the winter if you want, if it snows enough maybe. Um, like it's decent. I,
0: I mean, we could pitch an ad. Here, yeah. To I'll be real honest. Uh, it's one of those things of, you know, coming down, I came down in January for my in person interview, and I think a lot of people probably looked at me funny because I packed a rain jacket. I'm oh, probably of the only person who packs a rain jacket for non monsoon season in the desert. Well, you want to know something? It rained while I was down here. Oh, yeah. Like, probably the last time it's rained, and we're recording <laughs> yeah, this in November, but probably. Um, It's one of those things of the university really can't sell itself. I mean, if you're looking to try and make your own headway and not just do what everybody else does, and, you know, it's great if you want to go on to the K-States and Oklahoma States of the world or Tech or, you know, any other big school with an established program, that's perfectly fine. I get it. You want to go be a national champion somewhere. I think that's possible here. I mean, I'm not saying it's going to happen overnight, you know, snap of your fingers, But there's something to be said for paving your own way a little bit. Yeah. And and to find those kids who want to take advantage of getting away, trying something new, trying something different. I know that's what I did in college. And I thought it was one of the more rewarding experiences. I think you kind of say something similar. I listened to your Burkett interview. You were thrilled to go to Casper. Uh, You thought that was one of the best decisions you ever made. Yeah. I'll agree with that.
1: And it's not one of the top schools to go to in junior college.
0: It's not a top program, but it was something different. It, it made you a little more worldly. It exactly. opened up your worldview a little bit. And that's what college is kind of for.
1: Yeah. No, I a hundred percent agree with you. And it just takes a couple. That's all it's going to take. Honestly, like it just, it's going to take a couple of kids to really like get out of junior college and maybe say, Hey, I don't want to go to a big school. Let's go try to build a team at a no name school. And there, like you said, I mean, there's something to be said about the pursuit of that. It just takes those individuals to actually, and you, to actually be out there and and kind of putting it into their ears, basically. Yeah. I mean,
0: these kids have to realize the fact that if they come here, you know, they're not going to have that notoriety that comes with, like, an OSU. Like, no offense to OSU, but it's one of the premier programs. Blake Bloomberg made that thing. Mark Johnson made it. Like, it's been one of those big programs. Yeah. I'm not saying U of A is going to be an OSU, you know, here in the next five years or yeah. anything like that. Like, I'm I'm very realistic with what we're doing here, but at the same time, I am a super competitive person. I'm not going to put a team out there that I don't feel comfortable with. Yes, I will run us. I will push us as hard as we need to be, and I think that we can get to that point to where you know top tens should be expected here, and that is part of my goal. I expect top tens in the next two three years to. Always be in that talk.
1: Yeah, and that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. I think I mean, it is. I think it's. I think that's very reasonable to be in top tens at every national contest for U of A.
0: Yeah, I mean, I'm not gonna set a goal that I don't think is reachable. I yeah. I could turn around and say, oh, this group of eight, nine kids that I have this year, we're gonna win Louisville. Ne- you know, come next November. Yeah, that's a pretty lofty goal. And and <laughs> no offense, that's probably a little unobtainable. A little it, bit. It's been done. I mean, we've seen it in the past. We have seen it in the
1: past. We have seen it in the past.
0: I've seen teams that, you know, haven't done much winning all year and then all of a sudden, boom. They're, Purdue they're won in. like
1: Louisville yeah. like five years ago, didn't yeah. they? Clays yeah, Clays did
0: a great job with that team. And that, yeah. and Grand, I knew a lot of kids from that team. That was they a were, great team. They were great. They were a bunch of junior college kids who'd come back, decide they wanted to go home to Indiana, and that program did their best with them. Yeah. And they came through in the biggest stage. And that's great. My thought here is... You know, I had a girl, a senior in high school, message me. She wanted to come into U of A wanted the opportunity to judge. But she was wanting to really be able to network, make all these big connections. And I yeah. I straight up told her, I said, how about I put your name out there to some junior college coaches? I said, it's not that I don't want you. I want you here. In yeah. two years, I want you here and I want you judging for me. And she's very successful in this yeah. state. But with her, what her career goals are... Having those extra two years of experience, because I can't put that kind of time into them. I have a pretty decent-sized teaching commitment on top of the fact that, you know, I'm going to be running this team kind of like dogs there for for their year. At senior college, when you only have that one calendar year, you run pretty hard with that team. You don't have the time to really focus on those freshmen, which in this case I have a lot of freshmen. I'm running essentially a JUCO team at a collegiate level right now. (laughs) Senior college <laughs> I'm not lying. I've got a lot of sophomores. I have some freshmen, and I have like two juniors. Yeehaw. Yeah. That's going to be fun. It's going to be interesting. I've yeah. never been around that. Like typically, you know, senior college, you, you kind of...
1: You get more mature. They've been through it. More, yeah. Yeah.
0: They've, they kind of know the ropes a little bit. They've gone through those contests before, yeah. and, you know, at the end of the day, when they want to go blow off some steam, you just kind of turn them loose. It's no. not a big deal. These kids are going to be a little younger. They're not just going to be able to, oh, just go down to the hotel bar or whatever. No, you got to keep a little tighter rein on them.
1: Definitely keep a tighter rein on them. No, without a doubt.
0: (laughs) Without a doubt.
1: That's kind of funny, though. And The other thing that we're kind of not talking about in terms, I know, like, we need kids, obviously, to come here. But also, we need some support from the university and from alumni. Yes. And that's going to be a huge thing um, just going forward with the University of Arizona program judging program there needs to be a way so that w- you guys get funding from alumni like a legitimate amount of funding so that you guys can go go to contests go to your as, as many workouts as you want to that needs to be a top priority
0: yes that is without a doubt one of my biggest priorities coming in and that was yeah. one of the questions that i asked multiple times in, the, in my interviews i know that it's not just Oh, hey, here's a team. Let's just throw them a couple thousand dollars and off they go. Yeah. You know, I came in with the set goal that we were going to Denver, we were going to Houston, we were going to Kansas City, we were going to Louisville. We are hitting those four. There is no doubt we are going to go to those four. What else can we go to? And I looked at San Antonio, Fort Worth, Dixie. Uh, National Barrow Show, uh, National Meat Animal Eval, NACTA. Yeah. We're we're planning on going to all of those as long as my budget allows. Yeah, with where my budget's at, I know I can get to those main four. I can probably get to another two or three, but we're really looking for opportunities to really grow and expand past that. Um, I've had meetings with uh, people in foundation about trying to line up some donors, whether it's just for scholarship money or travel fund. Uh, We've talked about maybe having an opportunity for some of those people to underwrite a day of our travel. And we'll kind of, you know, we'll film what we do for the day as far as practice, whatever the case may be, and then kind of send them a short video thanking them and showing, you know, kind of what we do and why this is important to us and why we're thankful that they're willing to do it. Um, Golf outing, uh, silent auction. We're going to try and have an alumni dinner at, Arizona National, fingers crossed that yeah. you know everything goes according to plan. Yeah, um, just as an opportunity for everybody kind of get to know the team. Hundred percent. I mean, especially with them being Arizona kids for the most part, with the exception of two of them, it's you know it's very much a home raised team, and yeah. that's one of those things that I think is kind of a popular sell, um, especially for down here, just because you know it was a, definitely a shock to my system coming down here that how much support there is for agriculture no offense when i first thought of arizona it was no yeah. oh, it's desert it's desert scrub and you know what else is there yeah. there's a lot more down here than i thought oh yeah so
1: we i mean lettuce capital the world in the winter time in yuma arizona <laughs> that's what everybody says everybody <laughs> says that in arizona like oh you don't oh, think there's agriculture down here lettuce capital the world yuma arizona in the winter time I,
0: don't get me wrong i so one of my classes is an intro class <clears throat> and I'm I'm not a dairy person, but no. I teach the dairy section. Yeah. No. And one of my questions is, what are you know? Dairy is the second largest agriculture sector of of Arizona. What's no. first and what's and what's third? And everybody guesses it's lettuce. Yeah. Lettuce or cotton. No. It's fruit and vegetable production is number one, but is it uh, really? Yeah. yeah. Fruit and vegetable, because you're combining. Like, yeah, combined. It, yeah. So it was it was interesting. I learned a lot of new things teaching that class. I'll, yeah. Because I don't. I had to learn about Arizona agriculture to teach sure. about it. So. For sure.
1: No, I mean, there's, I mean, not a lot of people know this, but we'll get, like, 11 cuttings of hay of alfalfa mm. a year. And, like, you say that to somebody in the Midwest when they're getting, they're trying to get, like, three.
0: Oh, we, we get four if we're like Yeah, three like, or
1: four. And they're like, you can cut in the wintertime? Oh, yeah, if there's no, like, you just wait for the dew to thaw off, yeah. like, after the morning, and then you
0: cut that stuff. Yeah, we were talking about that the other day, just, you know, Back home, we're like confined to windows. You have yeah. to, you know, you have to have three, four days of, of, nothing but sunshine, some good breeze, and you know, decent enough humidity to where it actually dries. Down here, just shut off the irrigation and yeah. wait.
1: <laughs> yeah, true. No, but I think, um, I think that alumni dinner that you were talking about, we're bouncing around a little bit, but I think that alumni dinner that you were talking about at Arizona Nationals for the judging team is going to be very beneficial, because I remember when, when Zane left. They were thinking about just shutting the program down. And then some alumni made a fuss about it and said, no, you can't shut it down. So where are those alumni that were making a fuss about it now? We need them to start ponying up some money so that you guys can start making a, a good team. And I know like, that's what needs to be said at that dinner.
0: Yeah. Honestly. I mean, and that's what will be said. Yeah. I mean, there, don't get me wrong. There's always been some support. um, the Cattle Growers Association down here has been very supportive. Yeah, definitely. Uh, one of your former guests, Dean Fish, has been oh, yeah. instrumental in me kind of getting a foothold and getting to know people, talk to people. Um, like I kind of told you, we are we got to be done by two here today because I have practice with the team. We, yep. we found a, a Hereford place to go work out on that I'm pretty excited about. So going forward, that dinner we've kind of talked about, You know, I've talked with some people at Arizona National. I've talked to Dean about it. And just going through, you know, having just a meal ticket. You know, I don't care if you're alumni or not. You can come, buy a meal, you know, maybe do door prizes, something like that, and have an opportunity to introduce the team. We'll take, you know, you can have donations there or something like that. and Just come up and talk to me. I'm a pretty personal person, I like to think. I'll talk to just about anybody about anything. I, I... I'm not well versed in Arizona sports, but I can I know enough to where I can hold a conversation. Yeah. I mean, that's that's my main goal. Like that's half the reason why I watch sports half the time. Might not have a dog in the fight, but I learned something. <laughs> that's dude, I listen
1: to I'm about to tell everybody my secret. But I don't <laughs> I don't watch sports, but I listen to Part in My Take by Barstool Sports and they release an episode 3 times a week and that gives me all the talking points that I need to know about sports that week. And if anybody comes up to me and, like, hey, you see the game last night? Oh, yeah. And I just spout off what they <laughs> talked about the game. I'm telling everybody my secret right now. But if you ever talk to me about sports, just know it's coming from Big Cat and PFT from Barstool Sports.
0: Just absolutely BS on your part. It is.
1: It is BS. <laughs> like, I, I'll watch some sports. Yeah. I mean, I, if the game's on, I'll, like, take a look at it. But I. I can't just sit down and watch a game. Like I can't That's even fair. sit down and just watch the Super Bowl. I have to be moving around. I have to be doing something. I can't just sit down and watch a full game from start to finish. I can't do it.
0: Just get a little fidgety. I get it. I yeah. I, I, I do. I I don't know. I can sit down. I can watch a Cardinals baseball game. I, I'm, a big, I'm a big Cardinals fan.
1: Yeah. But see, if I'm live, like I, I grew up playing baseball. If I'm at a baseball game, I'll sit in a seat. Yeah. I don't even need to go get a beer. Like I'll sit. In, I don't hot dog coming down the row. I'll get one. But I can sit down in a seat, live football. I can sit down in a seat and be good. That's eh, nice like At home, I'm just like, ugh. Yeah,
0: Oh, no, I I understand that. I yeah. I'm excited. Line I play their first game on on Friday. I'm taking on Wisconsin. I'm, yeah, I'm all about it.
1: Wisconsin's gonna
0: win. I don't care. I'm half. <laughs> I'm half tempted to place a bet. Don't say that. I mean, Line I beat them last year. Go Badgers. No, no, no. no. My uh,
1: my grandpa was actually a punter for the Badgers in his heyday. Well, you, so time to go jump way. around. Just get out of here,
0: like. <laughs> Like, I, I'm I bleeding orange and blue. Sorry.
1: Understandable. You went there. Uh, yeah, yeah, I, I went, went there. there.
0: Like, I was all about it, and, you know, I unfortunately wasn't able to go to the game last yeah. year, and they beat them, but they, they won. Thank
1: goodness college sports is coming back in general. Oh, yes. Like, that's, I know, like, that's the full circle we need to take here. It's yeah. like, thank God, like, we can actually watch sports. I, yeah,
0: like, I, I'm super pumped. Tomorrow, the, the Shorthorn Show at the American Royal, I yeah. get to watch that for, well, when I'm not teaching class, I can, <laughs> maybe while I am teaching yeah, class, I don't on, know, you know. Yeah, on. I have it on in the background. And, yeah. and, you know, I I only went to Iowa State for a semester, but I absolutely love Cyclone football, yeah. and basketball, so I, I watch that. Thankfully, the Big 12's been on, like, all year, so yeah. I, I can take some time and kind of take a breather.
1: Yeah. Um, speaking of shorthorns, you're pretty familiar with shorthorns, aren't you?
0: Oh, uh, first love in the cattle breed. Um, I. I'll, I'll be real honest. I, I'm not a life. I'm not a lifer in this thing. Okay. Um, I my story from different judging coach. It probably differs a lot from other judging coaches. Uh, Cause, like, like I said, I listened to your Burkett interview the other day. Thought it was fantastic. You know, but a guy who's come up raising pigs since he was young. You know, parents did it. You know, were involved with it. We started raising pigs back when I was like 6, but we mainly just had feeder pigs. Like yeah. they were on self-feeder. I took a few to like county fair. We we didn't take it very seriously. Until I hit high school and I I joined FFA. Um shout out to my advisor, uh Jeremy Hahn. I shout I, out. I, I don't think he's a a listener because he's not much of a podcast person, but still. But hey, um but he was the oldest of five and the youngest of the five was my age one of my better friends Mm. through through middle school and in high school you know we walked in and on the chalkboard there was just a sign of all the different cdes he'd take us to all the different contests and he goes as long as you guys are willing to put in the work and have a team for it he goes i'll take you to any of them and he went around the room and asked each one of us what we were interested in you know some were interested in the welding or poultry or whatever the case may be livestock and meats that was what i wanted to do Didn't know if he had a spot for me on the Livestock judging team. Could certainly do meets. Well, ended up doing both. Um, And after, like, two or three practices, you know, it was like, you know, you should stick with this. Yeah. So, started sticking with it by... Don't get me wrong. His younger brother, my best friend Matthew, he's... He was always better than me, yeah. <laughs> um, you know. But he'd been doing it since he was. I think he gave his first set of reasons to Dan Hogue when he was like five. Oh yeah. So, so I mean, he's had a little bit of practice. Oh yeah. All the brothers went to Blackhawk and went okay, on to yeah. U of I and Judge. They they did very well, and so there was a lot of catching up to do. Yeah. Um, for sure. So starting my sophomore year, really kind of started hammering away at it, um, and by my junior year, kind of made the decision that I wanted to get into. Um, a junior college on a no. scholarship and do it. About that same time, I've been helping Hans out at their farm. They've raised Shorthorns for like probably going on like 80 years now.
1: 80 years. 80 years. Yeah, Jesus.
0: They're, they're fourth, fifth. I think the fifth they generation. They bring him over here. No, no, they didn't bring him <laughs> over here. <laughs> My God! I mean, <laughs> Shorthorns came in at 1783, so I mean it's been I mean, a little while. I'm but, exaggerating
1: a little, but still, that's but yeah, a long no, time. They've
0: been they've been doing it for a while. They no. used to have suffolk sheep and pulling chinas; those were all way before me, and I yeah. I think before any of the boys. But um, they they got me interested in Shorthorn. I've been helping out there, and they're finally like, you know, it was something I took enough interest in. And I wanted to give it a shot, yeah. so bought a Shorthorn plus steer. Uh, Showed him at nothing more than the county fair. Uh, I wasn't old enough to drive, so I had to get a ride out there from my ag teacher, and then he'd give me a ride back home. Afterwards. Oh wow! Um, so hair wasn't the best on him. So your parents like weren't weren't really involved at we, all. We didn't have any livestock at home. Yeah. Like outside of those few pigs, like it was mainly mainly them. And then after what your I, folks do. So my dad, we do farm. Uh, dad does you. Growing up, he was always the maintenance man yeah. at a local nursing home. Yeah. Finally had enough of that and decided he just wanted to go straight into farming. Um, he'd been farming on the side with my uncle, so him and my uncle just decided to quit their jobs and make a go of it just farming. Um, we do, like, odds and ends, trucking and other yeah. things on the side to make... Of course. You know, make pay the bills. But yeah. And my mom, up until about two, three years ago, worked for an insurance company. Okay. For all of my childhood, at least. And then... Um, Finally retired, and now she works part-time for the USDA office. Oh, okay. Sorry, I derailed No, 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 you're fine. Um, So, yeah, we weren't a big animal agriculture family by any means. Um, Went through, and after that, my senior year, I decided, you know what? I wanted to actually get a little more skin in the game. Having a shorthorn steer was great, but I wanted cows. And I, I wanted to actually be... I wanted to actually play cowboy. Want to be cowboy? Yeah, yeah. yeah, I wanted to be a cowboy, you know, especially you know there in the Midwest where you know we're all no, we don't we don't do cowboy hats, but (laughs) um, no. Why?
1: Why isn't that like why? That's so different.
0: The Midwest, like.
1: I feel like Missouri cattlemen wear oh, without a doubt. cowboy hats, like, but it's just like Indiana, Illinois, and Iowa. They're like, you guys are too good for it or something. Yeah.
0: We all wear ball caps. I, yeah. I don't know what it is. We, we tend to, I never wear
1: cowboy hats. I don't know why I'm like, i
0: I think so. it's cause we actually have no offense to anybody else, but we actually have like good enough ground to where we don't need to go out on a horse and like yeah. round them up over three different sections. Like yeah. a pasture for me, like i you get wearing, on a four wheeler dude i have 20 cows on like three acres <laughs> we dry lot our cows like uh, i have 20 cows mm-hmm. on three acres yeah. if i want to go get a cow in i walk out yeah there. that's <laughs> true but <That's laughs> like they're true. literally like a backyard herd yeah. um so i ended up buying two Shorthorn heifers i have a sale from dale studer that year and it just kind of spiraled out of control from there i think the next year i bought like four or five. Oh wow <laughs> i mean because <laughs> once i bought the two we decided that we were going to put up a when dad decided that I want to get that serious in it, he decided that he was going to, he's always been a big supporter of me and yeah. like really threw his backing behind me and um, went halves with me on, I think all five that we bought that year and it helped. I want to say that he built the building, but at the yeah. same time, like some of that money came out of my college sure, fund, but sure. I was looking towards, you know, scholarship for junior yeah. college. So we used some of my college money to. To put up a building and fence off about three acres, and initially that was fine for the first few. But we've probably outgrown our means a little bit. We we make quite a bit of hay every year. (laughs) Yeah, we we plant ten acres of hay to feed cows. Just them. No, we feed cows all through the winter, all through the summer and winter. We not the most efficient operation, but we're show cattle. We're fine. We can. Yeah, show cattle. You don't have to be efficient. This isn't about a dot. dot, show me an an
1: efficient show cattle operator. Show me.
0: Uh, I'll agree with that come uh, on you're, you're not it, yeah.
1: it's not no it's there's no way to be efficient and in, in like i don't even think you can do it in hogs you could you might be able to do it in sheep if you're like savvy and goats if you're real savvy you might be able to do it i'll agree but cattle like it's a whole different deal kind of
0: yeah like you're pushing so many boundaries no. in, in terms of things that are acceptable usually like i was talking with a pig guy the other day a lot of people are pushing boundaries in terms of soundness and structure yeah. and everything else. Well, cripples don't do too well at the sale barn. <laughs> You're right. And you take a steer with any sort of extra hair on him to a sale barn around us; he's getting discounted. Really? And, oh yeah. It, yeah. They think he's clubby. He's not. He's not bringing a very good price. No. So that's kind of a. We're not super efficient, but nobody really is. Yeah, so yeah. It's It's not too bad. Hundred um, percent. So yeah, we've, we've so- slowly grew that Shorthorn thing into, um, we run roughly about 20 head of mature cows. Um, f- about 15 of them are actual Shorthorn, and the other five are, oh, there's an Angus and three Keys and a uh, plus or two in there. Yeah. Um, we've really started to kind of hit our stride here recently. Like I said, it's a breeding program that's only been around for 10 years. Um, the... My best friend and my my ag teacher through high school, um, you know that that 80 year Shorthorn farm. We we bought a no sale bull off of them last year and, or I guess two years ago now, we were selling some of his first calves. His first daughter brought four thousand. He we fed him out and got him to state fair last year and was we champion bull with him. Oh, on a no sale. There so, you go.
1: That's a good story. I love those no sale stories. Oh yeah, those like, are the best the, ones. Like
0: that's a legit no sale. Like yeah. I had one picked out through that sale. And I try. I I didn't have the five thousand dollars to buy him. Like of course. he's he's a nice bull, and that bull's gone on to win countless divisions. Like one division was champion bull at World Beef like twice now. His name surprised me, and I I love that bull. Yeah. I thought he was the cockiest sucker out there in that pen. I brought somebody up there to to look at him with me, and he for whatever reason he didn't hit as hard to them. Like yeah. I walked back to the car, and I was ready to write a check, and yeah. they're like, no, nah, I didn't really care for him. I, was like, I don't know what you're doing. Well, a week later they post him online. He was sold in like an course, hour. Yeah. Um, but then, like almost a month and a half later, they still have this other one which we pictured. And we were all talking on picture day, like, boy, that one looks pretty good. He's really growing on us. Like that may be one of the higher quality bulls in here, but he's not going to sell because he's all red. Well, <laughs> he didn't sell, and he mm-hmm. was all red, but.
1: Is that something that you like? Shorthorn people don't like is all red. I'm not really no, I'm not no, familiar I, with shorthorns.
0: I, I can tell you one of my biggest grievances about shorthorns, and what that is, is, is the fact that people get way too wrapped up in color. Is it because of the hide or what? Like people like that those roans. Okay,
1: that uh, makes sense. I mean, they I'm, look cool.
0: I mean, back in the they'll heyday, grab your eye. yeah, back in the heyday of shorthorns. I mean, every steer jock and his brother had. You know, a shorthorn heifer because their daughter wanted to show a pretty roan one. Yeah. And so that's why, you know, you saw some blue roan steers and everything else kind of running around. And you still see a few of them, but for the most part, a lot of people get tied into the fact that this roan one just is that much better. There's one sold the other night that I particularly didn't care for. She went over 10 grand, mm. but she was roan. Yeah. I thought the better heifer in the sale was this red and white one. It's about the same age. She goes for three. Uh, it's just some people no. just kind of get hung up on color i've always been a big fan of the dark cherry red ones but really i think that i don't know if there's a prettier color it is a good color uh, it looks good on cattle looks good on women it looks great on everyone. <laughs> you like gingers <laughs> i mean my girlfriend's blonde or my fiance's blonde but well, I, I mean i, I, and, met and, your I mean fiance. no no we we can totally uh I, i'm not a, i'm not against it I have I have a niece and she has like this like dark red hair. She's yeah. not ginger, but she yeah. she has this dark red hair. And I think
1: it's very pretty.
0: I'm I'm hoping that someday she wants to show cattle because yeah. I think she's gonna just be a bombshell. Yeah, someday.
1: Well, red hair is
0: red you're biased. Gorgeous.
1: You're biased. I I am biased, and you know what? I can be. You know what? Because I've been called a redhead, ginger, no soul my whole life. Okay, South Park ruined my life oh i'm just kidding south park <laughs> didn't ruin my life but i have a i am very fond of red hair i think uh, if, i think brown hair is <laughs>
0: if it's dark enough it looks yeah. good yeah but when it's like that bright like orange you know hereford color I, i'm out
1: <laughs> that's fair yeah
0: I, I'm, I'm not a big hereford fan yeah. either so i'm on a
1: darker side of red with mine so yeah, I, are. I like i like my shade yeah. it's very nice
0: <laughs> that's acceptable That that's acceptable it's tolerable
1: <laughs> yeah it's tolerable <laughs> No, but uh, where were we? <laughs> um, I don't
0: know. We, we got into... <laughs> I think... Wow, I'm sorry. You were, we we kind of rambled a little bit, but we went... You bought that my, bull. Yeah, we talked about buying a bull. Yeah. Um, and if, so he's been like our number one thing. Like yeah. we've we bred everything to him. Almost everything to him last year. Bred everything to him again this year. Um, the family we bought him off of, the Hahn family since obviously I'm here in Arizona, I didn't want to get rid of the cows and the cows are um, not the most efficient things. They're definitely not going to be very efficient here in Arizona. So they stayed back home. Um, So they've been marketing all those calves for me through um, Matthew's one of the better fitter and feeders that I've ever had the pleasure of meeting and and personally calling a friend. So uh, we're just marketing them all through there on commission. I think this year they came and picked through. They're taking four heifers for me. And I think three bulls wow Uh, they have one there and another two that are one's kind of an off age thing another one's a fall but they said leave them so you leave them intact are you planning on bringing those down here at some point no um (laughs) absolutely not no absolutely not like like, don't get me wrong i i kind of miss the chores and everything else yeah you know because you just kind of have that itch a little bit but you know if we're down here for a long enough experience period of time i'd i'd like to find a place where i can keep just a few and just kind of trade on something down here just kind of scratch that itch a little bit but um we're we're not moving the whole herd to arizona that's fair i I don't think they do very well they
1: wouldn't grow as much hair that's for sure
0: no and we keep them they're not exactly body condition score fours (laughs) either they're they're closer in that six and seven range most of them so yeah they would melt a little bit. They would, yeah. They wouldn't like it too much. Uh, I don't deal well with the summers here. I found out. Yeah, I'm not a big fan of 100 some plus degrees, which it only stopped being like two weeks ago. So yeah, it's
1: like 90 degrees two days ago. It's, it's outrageous. still supposed to be like
0: 95 today. It's outrageous. I, I'm not a fan. So, I I think we're gonna just leave them where they're at. Yeah, they're they're perfectly fine.
1: Um, so, you you guys started that herd when you were a senior, correct? Yeah um it and while you're starting the herd you're also trying to get into junior college and figure out where the heck you want to go yep and you ended up going to i ended up going to lincoln lincoln land yeah um which i've known a couple people that have gone to lincoln land and loved it Oh, that's one of the schools that you don't really hear a bunch but whoever goes there they're like oh it was
0: incredible oh yeah i i absolutely loved it um Like I said, I had always been trying to play catch up on my own 4-H and and high school judging team. And I didn't finally catch him until my senior year. Like the last contest, like our section contest, I finally beat him. Like I was like so over the moon and everything else. Um, But by that time, I I didn't have like this big offer list. I mean, he'd been getting offers since I think he was probably a freshman. Like everybody knew him. Everybody kind of wanted him there. And I'll be full honest that year's team, like, State 4-H team and, and the amount of talent coming out of Illinois that year was ridiculous. No. Um. To where it was understandable. Like, if you weren't consistently top ten in the contest, you are probably getting overlooked.
1: Yeah. Um, that's every kid, though. Like, that's yeah. literally every kid in the country. Most kids are getting overlooked. Like, most oh. kids aren't getting the call just because – they're one place out or they didn't go to one contest. Yep, That's how... Like, that's the... That's what I hate about... Yeah. um, Like, junior college and recruitment is because so many of these kids that are really good and have a lot of potential just get left behind. Yep.
0: They get missed. Yeah. And and that's kind of what I guess kind of led me down this path maybe a little bit was just the fact that I, I had one offer and coming out and that was to go to ICC and that was... Um, you know, a partial scholarship, some money towards books, but it was, no, grand, I, I, no offense, I love Grant Grebner. Yeah. Um, known him pretty much my entire life. He's a good guy. Because he was my swine superintendent for my yeah. county growing up. So, I mean, I'd known him for 10 years at that point. Um, so went and visited there, you know, it, it wasn't a big offer. They had a decent-sized team, and my high school advisor, Jeremy Hahn, he was best friends with craig beckman i'm pretty sure they're like best men in each other's weddings Mm. i mean they'd known each other super well and and told craig about me and and tried getting me in there well i went and visited craig you know i have two scholarships out but some of those kids are running for state office you know we'll we'll see what all hands out there and once we got through state convention he called me the day after and said hey two of the kids got offers would you like to come here and i committed that that's yeah, it. I knew I wanted to get away from home. Like 100%. It, it was one of those things that it was far enough away to where I wasn't coming home every night, but at the same time, I could easily be there on the weekends. Yeah. It was only an hour and a half drive for me. Um, and just, I knew I felt pretty comfortable with pigs. I felt pretty comfortable with cattle. I didn't have a clue about sheep. Hmm. And I would be the first to admit to you that I didn't have an ounce of knowledge i foraged him my entire time coming through to where biggest frame beat the smallest one and that was the way it went um a lot of lots changed since then 100 percent.
1: yes a lot has changed in that deal
0: i i think that i've judged more sheep shows than i have even cattle at this point um as far as strictly like sheep um and i enjoy it a lot more yeah before it was always something that you kind of dreaded a little bit but after going through and and learning from Craig, I've really grown to enjoy that. Um, Just, you know, the little times of, um, like traveling to Houston, we went down and, you know, you're in Oklahoma and we're traveling about and we went to Oldenburg's and looked at South Downs and and seeing Craig pick a buck out of a coal pen. Like, it had the pieces he wanted and you, you learn stuff and you're like, Oh, well, you know, you're picking up these little hints of knowledge as we go. And, you know, going back to the hotel one night, and I think we'd gotten back. We'd eaten. We stopped at some Mexican restaurant. We went back to the hotel. It was a Motel 6 in Stillwater. And it wasn't like anything. Beautiful. That's beautiful. Yeah, it was real beautiful. <laughs> let me tell you. Um, Motel 6 in Stillwater, Oklahoma. You bet. It's it's a great Great. That's location. a judging trip if I've ever heard oh, of it. Oh, yeah. It, but, I mean, we got there, and I think we pulled in. It had to be about 11 o'clock and. He goes, okay. Who wants to go with me? I'm going back out to Pearson's look at lambs or at babies. And I, and I mean, Kane Austin was on my team, and and, you know he was always up for most things, but he was tired, and he's like, I'm not going. Yeah, I was the only person who took him up on it, and I'm glad I did because I learned a lot.
1: You get that one. -one But I didn't get a whole lot of
0: sleep because we didn't get back in till about three thirty in the morning. Yeah, and we were supposed to be up and rolling at six o'clock. So, um. But I learned a lot through them, and I think that showed through when I got to, when we got into the contest, you know, I was ninth at National Barrow Show, Um, had a decent day at Kansas City. I wasn't in the top 10, but I I wasn't far out. Um, Louisville, I was low drop off the floor out of every team that I talked to that day, Yeah. but I was only out 13, and there's a lot of kids in that 15 to 20 range, and they could still out talk to me, so... So they caught me pretty quick, but um, Louisville was a rough trip. Uh, during the contest, I I found out that my grandmother had a heart attack, like oh. after the contest. So we we traveled back. I volunteered to drive back because I I was like, well, I'm gonna get to Peoria, Illinois by, yeah, you know, before she goes into surgery in the morning. And I'm really glad there's no cops along that route. Apparently yeah. that night, because I drove about 90 in a school van because yeah. Beckmeyer had a had a leg issue at the time. He was still up on crutches and uh, made it to Mount, Mount Vernon and we lost her. So wow. I just rode home the rest of the crying, but we we made it.
1: Dang, dude. I'm sorry about No, that. no, no.
0: No, it well, th- there's an upside to it. We obviously we, we continue on, we go to Denver. Um had, had an okay day in the contest, but turn around and marked cards through the through the carload contest and came out feeling Pretty decent. Thought I missed a question. Knew I dropped eight points. Um, and you know, you hear from people the year before. Well, you know, you need drop like zero or two yeah. to win that thing. And and uh, the car load. Yeah, in yeah. the car load. And I was like, well, I, okay, you know, maybe we're in the top ten there. Maybe we we'll get a name called off. And I'm the last name called forward to stand up in front of those up uh, for those first 10. And ten. I'm like, okay, you know, at least we're here. Yeah. I knew Kane was Kane was at ten. I thought I was at eleven. They start calling off names and. We get down to the top three, and it's me, Kane, and a kid from ICC. And I was, I, I knew Heath Harper pretty well, and we were kind of all up there just kind of joking, laughing, you know, because next name they say from Lincoln Land, and I thought, hey, I'm 11th. I stepped forward. I knew yeah. Heath was at eight. I knew Kane was at 10. I thought I was at 11. I stepped forward, and they're like, Kane Austin. I was like, oh. I, I, I look around a few oh, times, shoot. I'm like, oh, shoot. um, And he looks at me puzzled, and I step back, and he steps forward, and I'm like, I don't know. We just kind of rolled and he kind of, and Clint Russ goes on to say, well, these two young men dropped eight points total. And I was like, so we went to the tiebreaker of questions and they both missed zero questions. I was like, oh. Oh, nice. I didn't miss that yeah, question. Yeah, I was like, I didn't miss that question. What do you know? Like, and then they, they go through and they're like, well, so we went to the class with the biggest break or with the biggest cuts. And yeah. I was like, I have no idea what that was. <laughs> Turns out it was short horn bulls. Oh, of course. <laughs> so, so he. N- neither me nor he. Heath, Heath dropped all eight points there. I think in the Shorthorn Bulls. Kane knew before anybody because he knew what had the biggest cuts, and he kind of looks at me and goes, "You son of a!" And just, I was like, I don't "Yeah, know. Kane, had, he, it yeah, Kane, no, Kane had it in his mind. Like, yeah, know. Kane definitely. He's like, oh yeah, okay, yeah, one. We'll yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, and so you know, the the ride home that night was just kind of. That little bit of bittersweet, yeah. and, you know. Grandmother and I never got to see me do it, but she was always a big believer in me. So it had a happy ending <sighs> of sorts. That still had to be hard, though.
1: Oh, it was. That still had to be very hard. I couldn't even imagine doing that. Yeah. And you were like, "Let's get in the van, guys. Yeah. We got to go." Yeah. No. <laughs> Let's like, go. Like.
0: It, it was one of those things that sucked, and you know, mm-hmm. but that's one of the things I've always liked about livestock judging. I mean, that happened like after the contest, you know we all went back to the van, got our phones, we're waiting for results. And, you know, I open my phone to like eight missed calls and texts and everything else. And I, I'm calling, I find out and, you know, I, I go off to be by myself and, you know, kind of let it out, you know, let that emotion out a little yeah. bit. And I come back and I'm, you know, I, I go back into the banquet hall. I, I'm going to sit through results. And I had kids that, you know, you'd met, you know, you'd know, you seen course, them before and everything else. But, you know, I, I wouldn't call them, I wouldn't have called them friends at the time. I wouldn't have put myself at that level and coming up and, you know, offering prayers and, yeah. you know, everything else that they, you know, condolences, you know, hope, hope things get better. Well wishes, all that. And it's one of those things that that's what I hope some of these kids realize coming in here. Like, you know, the kids that you judge with are going to be the kids that are in your wedding and are in your life for the rest of your life. They're going to be connections you make for the rest of your life. And I know those kids who who came up and talked to me and I still talk to some of them on a pretty regular basis. And it's one of those things that maybe we weren't that close before. Or I didn't think we were that close before, but it kind of showed to me that we were, Yeah. Um, you know, all those Illinois junior colleges kind of band together. I mean, there's a friendly rivalry there, but there's, it's still friendly. Yeah. Still friendly. So One
1: thing I found weird is that there's no junior colleges in Indiana.
0: So the only junior college in Indiana is Ivy Tech, and it just has campuses all across. Does the it area. have, yeah. It, does, it, doesn't, have it doesn't have it doesn't, a judging program. Is
1: there a judging program in Iowa? Uh,
0: there is. Um, so Des Moines Area Community College for a while, um, at least while I was back at Iowa State, was coached by Colby Tabor. And then there's another one, um, Kirkwood. And I think that's up by like Cedar Rapids hmm. or something like that. Okay. But they're not like big, big programs. Yeah, I, I think Kirkwood mainly grabs whatever's left over from the Muscatine high school team because that's a pretty good team out there. There's like two really good teams in Iowa. Um, they tend to kind of just grab whatever they can out okay. there and do what they can.
1: I always just thought that was so weird. Like there's like three or four junior colleges just in Illinois yep. that are ju- that are like vying for kids oh, out yeah. of that region.
0: Yeah, there's there's... Well, there's Joliet, Blackhawk, ICC, Lincoln Land, Lakeland, uh, John Woods. Um, I think that's it. That's six. that's six. That's still six. I mean, that's... That's a lot. That is a lot. That is a I, bunch. I deny. Yeah.
1: I mean, I guess there were, there were three in Wyoming when I was in Wyoming, so that's quite yeah, a bit. Yeah, there's three in Wyoming. There's... Or four, if you count University of Wyoming.
0: Yeah, there's three. There's three JUCOs in Kansas. Yeah. Um, handful in Texas, but Illinois, in Arizona. Illinois probably has the most. I think so. That's we'll, interesting. we'll get you judging a program here in Arizona. I keep, yeah. I keep making that joke. Coaching. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Not a chance, buddy. <laughs> not a chance.
1: Sorry. Any kids out there that want to judge it? <laughs> CAC. <laughs> Uh, what is it? What is it? Coolidge? What is it? Central Central, Central Arizona. Arizona Central on, Arizona man. College. You're gonna start a team there, right? I, I don't know. Anybody that wants to coach at Central Arizona College and you're just out of the judging program, you talk to Will. He'll get you set up. <laughs> but it ain't gonna be me. That's for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I just I I wouldn't trust myself honestly. I didn't learn I didn't learn the game well enough. Honestly, like now that I think back on judging, I. I think now that I know how to evaluate livestock. I think that like in my own opinion, if I go up and judge a show, I am very confident in what I'm going to pick. In terms of a judging contest, in terms of trying to figure out what a committee is trying to do, where they're trying to lay their preferences, what they're trying to teach you, I never, never got that game through my head.
0: And, and that's the hard part. Like From this side of you know, of of the cards and and this side of the coaching, it just comes so much easier. And I think a lot of coaches will tell you that it kind of comes easier. And it's not necessarily just the fact that, hey, we're going through and, you know, at the end of the day, it's my opinion that matters. Like, when we go sort these Hereford Heifers later today... It's you. It's me. Like, you only got to really play to one person. And there's a whole different dynamic going through a judging contest and that's why you know the great coaches really coach well to that and they know how how to get the most out of it and like i've kind of told my kids this year i said i'm not gonna try and just make you this you know i don't want them to just feel like they're programmed to go in there and mark through a judging contest and do their best just there i want these kids to have a little bit of independent thought yeah um and, and I'm willing to tolerate that. And I listen to it in their reasons. Like,
1: And that's where you can input your personal thought yeah. is reasons. That's where you can kind of put in your personal yeah. preferences and stuff.
0: These kids can build it up the way they want mm-hmm. on their own. And, and talking with these kids, having them go through. And, I mean, I have a few of them that, you know, we have the opportunity. I was contacted if we wanted to judge. Uh, it's like the Sweetheart Showdown or something like that here in Gilbert in the week of Valentine's Day coming up. They asked if I had four judges. They're going to run four rings simultaneously. You know, do I have four judges? And I told them, top four kids on this team come that time are, are judging. I said, that's your payday. That's your thing. No. You go and do your own thing. But I'm going to train you to be ready for that. Because here in Arizona, as I've kind of noticed, you guys don't have a huge crop of judges to like pick from. No.
1: No, we do it, not. And it, it's usually, it has been in the past, past University of Arizona, judging kids, which... If they come to a jackpot show that is highly anticipated, sometimes people aren't very happy with how that goes because we've talked in the past, they haven't had the best crop of kids yep. at the University of Arizona. So they've gotten a bad name. Yep. Hopefully we can get it. Like we've been talking about this yeah. whole time. Like, hopefully we can get this program back to a good name. But yeah, you're right. We do not have a large crop of judges. Yeah.
0: And, and that's the thing. Like, the few shows that I've been to, it's been kind of the same faces at the same places. And I, I feel like there's always that need for for somebody who's a little different yeah and so having some new some young blood here that has a little different training and you know maybe has no offense to some of the prior coaches but maybe a little more professional training yeah um, you know like I I came up through it like from high school all the way through senior college this this was my thing this was what I was dedicated to yeah so I, I hope that that kind of maybe turns the tide here a little bit what is this show in Gilbert? I've never even heard of the show. It's gonna be their replacement show for I don't even know. I could look at the email, but it's gonna be a replacement show for something, and it's being put on through Queen Creek FFA and another FFA program. They came together to that's cool to throw this show here in Gilbert. So
1: I've never even heard of it. It must be I, something new.
0: Uh, yeah, it's it, they're replacing something else that got canceled, hmm.
1: but that'll be good though. I I, yeah. I like the idea that you're ta- like you told them like. And you told your team, like, yeah. for best four kids, they're going to go judge it.
0: Yeah. I and mean, just send
1: them out there, see what they can do. Yeah,
0: the rest of us are going to be there, because I'm yeah. going to use of it as course. a workout yeah. opportunity, but I'm going to pretty much just turn four kids loose. As long as I feel comfortable in those four kids, I, you know, we had I had the opportunity. I was asked by Dean Fish, Judge Santa Cruz County Fair, a few weeks ago. Went down there, judged that, had, had a great time doing it. I still made all the final decisions, but... I, you had the kids I brought my there. kids with yeah. me, and I had them ringside, and I said, hey, if you want to come in for, for this species, I said, you're more than welcome to. And so I had one of my kids who's pretty proficient with pigs. He was in the ring when we were doing pigs. I had another girl in there while we were doing sheep, and I let them talk You know, showmanship, or if they had the class placed the exact same way I did, go through and talk it. No. Get on the mic. Have that opportunity. 100%. Because... That's something I wish somebody would have done for me. Yes, me too. Because unfortunately, like, that's not always the case. I I was very fortunate in between my freshman and sophomore year. Beckmeyer had us doing some youth livestock expo in Kentucky. And he took one sophomore and me, Kane Austin, Jennifer Livermore, and and a few others down there. And we helped with the clinic. We did a judging camp the day before. And then the second day, we were actually judging and Beckmeyer looks at me and he goes, you're going to do goat showmanship tomorrow. I was like, what? I've never done goat yeah, showmanship. I've yeah. never shown a goat in my life. Well, and- oh, let's look it up on YouTube. Let's see what happens. <laughs> yeah, no, he's like, it's just like sheep. And I was yeah. like, I- I'm not a much of a sheep showman. Yeah, he goes, exactly. no, you'll be fine. He goes, I want to go listen to everybody else. Goat showmanship's first. I want to hear everybody else on the mic. You-, you just do your own thing. No. And so I had that opportunity. And it, it was very rewarding. It was very challenging. Yeah. Because... Apparently, in Kentucky, we have to place them from 1st to 14th. Oh, and talk them all? Like, we placed every single kid who walked in, and that's really difficult. Yeah, when you're dealing with a like When you're dealing with, like, 8- and 9-year-old kids, yeah. it's hard to put somebody last. 100%. Uh, you feel really bad, and yeah, they you know do. what place they got. It wasn't just a mark it down and, you know, just kind of off to the side deal. Yeah, it you're was like,
1: a, go to the back of the line. Yeah, yeah
0: and it, it, it's a little crushing, but you, you learn how to deal with it. Yeah. So was excited to do it
1: yeah um no i think i think that's going to be incredible and and like you said there's that's the only way to get practice like like real genuine practice if you want to put a judging kid and try to get them out of their comfort zone put them in a ring give them a mic and put a crowd around them and see what they say yep. like see what they can do because i remember my first couple shows between my freshman and sophomore year those were the first shows that i got offers from there was a lot of stuff that I needed to learn really quick, yep being on the mic don't talk like you're in the room, given yep. reasons that's not the same don't use you can you need to use probably a little bit different terminology when you're on the mic around people that are just want to know what your thought process is on this you don't need to sound too fancy just tell yep. them what you're thinking
0: yeah I, I I'll be real honest I thought one of the i I was incredibly happy watching. I wasn't didn't have the opportunity to go to Shorthorn Junior Nationals this year, but I still tuned in, logged on, watched yeah. through Walton. And I I watched Andrew Foster short sort the bread known show. And I was incredibly pleased with how he placed it. I, I had, you know, classes of fifteen where I only had like a pair switch with him. I thought he did a fantastic job. I, I wouldn't say that he's like the most amazing person to ever listen to on the bike. You know, he's he's not somebody who's like he's not
1: like Andy Rash. Andy Rash would just knock your socks. Yeah, off. You he's not Andy him. Rash yeah. or, or
0: Ryan Rash. Ryan he's Rash, he's yeah. not any of those. But he was easy to follow along with. Yeah. You knew what he saw. You understood what he saw. Was it sometimes where some of the terms a little repetitive? Yeah, but at the same time, I know that's what I'm kind of like when I'm on the mic. Yeah. What you see is what you get. I'm not going to sugarcoat it. We're going to just kind of bare bones it, be honest with what we have in front of us. And, and that's the way it is. I I got told by somebody I did one of these latest county fairs of, you know, you you didn't hide anything. Like, you, you weren't afraid to get tough on a class winner. Well, no, if class winner has a major flaw, I'm going to call it out. I'm not yeah. just going to skip over it and be it's like, oh, it's like oh, incredible. Wins. Yeah, it's... Yeah.
1: There's not a perfect one out there.
0: Uh, very, very few that I would ever call really, really elite. And but I don't know if I've ever seen a perfect one. No. Not yet, at least. No. Striving for it every day.
1: Striving for it. I okay. don't know if we're gonna get there. Oh. And who? What is perfect? I mean, that that that's so personal to like what you think is is like what a livestock animal should look like. It's so subjective of just the person.
0: Yeah. I I don't know if I'll. I know I may create one that's perfect in my eyes. But I, I'm doing my... You that's know, pretty...
1: That's a lofty goal. No,
0: I, I think I can do it. Understand, I've been at it for 10 years and, and we've we've gotten to the point where we're now home-raising division champions and, and stuff like that. Yeah. I mean, it wasn't just a bull that we bought. We also had a key heifer that went on was a division champion. Yeah. And you know she's now a really nice bread replacement for us yeah. at home. I, I'm pretty excited about those. I don't know if we'll ever make one that... You know, outside looking in, everybody's going to call perfect. I, I don't think that's ever going to happen. But there's a way that I think I can make one to where I think I can sit back, you know, I might have to be, you know, I'm 26 now. I might have to be 45 before I do it. But, yeah. you know, I can probably sit back and look at it and go, that's about as perfect as I'm going to make one. And feel really good sleeping at night saying it. That's fair. I think that's fair. That's what everybody should try for, yeah, I think. I I mean, your kind isn't going to be the same as my kind, and their kind isn't going to be the same as ours, and it, it all varies. I no. mean, to everybody else, you know, some people like things a certain way, and other people's are, you know, I'm a stickler for pastrons. Like, if it's not the levelest hip, you know, squarest pastrons, one ever, you know, just incredibly having a lot of turn or a lot of flex there, I, I get a little hard on them sometimes. No. You're not going to find a whole lot of those problems really running around in my herd because I get really hard on them. I know some people who, you know, maybe they tolerate, you know, just being a little rounder hipped. Still gotta be really good on their feet and legs, but they're okay with that little rounder hip. That's fine. No. I, I know what to expect from them, they know what to expect from me. I'll tolerate maybe just a nickel straight in the shoulder just in order to make sure that we have that hind end looking right. Hmm.
1: Especially in the shorthorns, right? I mean you kinda that they have that look.
0: They have a lot of look. Yeah. Our our issue typically is power in that breed. Yeah. Um,
1: just like putting it on? Putting J- it on just, the frame having, or just having having it.
0: that natural width and power. Yeah. They're, in my opinion, there's a lot of females in the breed that they have a killer look from the side, but they just don't have enough from behind. Yeah. And we've maybe I mean we haven't gone to some of... we don't really buy from like the biggest breeders like I, I appreciate what Tyler Cates and John Sullivan have done for the breed because they've done a lot of really good things, but at the same time. I, I haven't utilized a whole lot of those genetics. They don't fit what I want. They, no. they don't have those pieces that I'm looking for. No. Um, so we've built things a little differently. And our cattle look a little different than most shorthorn cattle. It hasn't exactly caught up to us in the show ring. But, you know, I was always told that as a breeder, you can, you know, trends kind of come and go. And it's kind of like a pendulum. And you can be on one side or on the other, or you can try and chase that pendulum. And I've kind of decided that we're going to sit on one side and we're going to wait till the pendulum swings back. And if it never does, it never does. But that's kind of my thought process and goal is we're going to sit here with the kind of cattle that I like. You know, an old cattleman once told me that if you can go out, look at your herd, and you like your cattle, you'll never be miserable farming or ranching, whatever you want to call it. Yeah. Midwest we call it farming, but... Out here, I'm sure it's ranching.
1: You ranching. Know it, it, it probably would be ranching. But, cattle ranching. Yeah.
0: But as long as you're happy with that herd of cattle, you know, you'll always be happy with them. You know, they'll make you money.
1: I think there's something to be said in terms of, I like your pendulum, like, yeah. uh, correlation, because I think you're right. Because there's no way to, like, go with the pendulum. There's absolutely no way that you can have a successful, sturdy competent herd and keep swinging with the pendulum you can't just keep changing everything so it's i think it's important to stay on one side and and
0: and in cattle there's such there's so much time between generational turnaround yeah i mean you have one calf a year and then you have to wait two years before your breeder and then usually that's to a calving ease bull so maybe not your ideals and then you're waiting you know for at least that third year and then you have to wait two years for that calf it's not like pigs where you know we can have three litters in two years in pigs it's fine to kind of chase trends because You can, They turn around quick enough. You can chase trends real quick. And if you don't chase trends in the pig industry, you typically find your way out of the pig industry.
1: Exactly, yeah.
0: Um, Sheep, kind of on the same path. I mean, you don't have to be, like, right on top of the ball. But if you are on the ball, you're going to make some money. 100%. The cattle industry, you can't afford to chase trends. I mean... We could have really tr- pushed and tr- really tried to make some really kind of clubbed up shorthorn steers because shorthorn steers have kind of gotten hot the past few years, yeah. in my opinion. But we've only taken to maybe bring one or two to a clubby bull out of the 15 we have. And, and we've just kind of stood by the fact that the calves that come out of the bulls we're picking right now, if they come out, you know, male, we can still usually cut and, and make one a, a decent steer. Yeah, And I think that's evident. We've had... Oh, past three years, we had champion lightweight steer up until this past year. Shorthorn steer at Illinois Beef Expo. Wasn't well, nothing to shake a stick at. Yeah. I mean, not always the biggest competition because it's only, you know, a lightweight, but they looked the part. Yeah. Right? If your males can't go on to be males and your females can't go on to be females, you you probably swung too far one way.
1: Yeah. Oh, I think so, you're right 100%. That's
0: a good way to look at it just my philosophy on cattle yeah a lot of livestock really but.
1: i know i you can equate that to different livestock yeah. too i mean that's the good thing about this deal is you don't have to just have one mindset per species yep. i mean the, the the goal of raising livestock is to make them all better make yep. them all sounder put a little bit of muscle on them so that we can have that market aspect too but we got to make them comfortable yeah I think that's the goal right now in all species is we have to try to make them as comfortable as possible so that they can grow the muscle on top.
0: Yeah, I, I've been preaching to my judging kids that we need to be able to walk into a room, especially as we're talking like pigs, and talk some endurance.
1: Oh yeah, and, and skeleton. It, yeah, skeleton. Yeah, skeleton,
0: having these things, you know, when we get to, well now it won't be Denver this year, but when we get to Oklahoma City, and I'm assuming we're still going to have a full contest, not just cattle there, yeah. um, I, I guess we'll... You know, the jury's still out there, apparently. But, you know, if there are hogs there, we need to be able to understand that if we're the first people to see those hogs, yeah, they're all pretty much going to be going pretty well. Otherwise, there's something pretty big structurally. But if you're that sixth group to see them, they're all going to be a little tired. Yeah. Those ones that are still going pretty well,
1: context clues, they (laughs) might be
0: pretty good skeletons. They
1: might be decent.
0: You know, they might be built pretty well. And, And understand that. and... You know, so we're going to try and, and be smart about doing that and making sure that we're comfortable talking endurance and comfortable talking about the fact that, you know, this one's just built better. Yeah. No. And not be afraid to use that in a market class. I mean, I I te- you know, we go and look at some of them and you're like, well, hey, they only have to make it like another 80 uh, yeah, feet to exactly. the processing plant. Like, this is plenty good enough. No. But at the same time. Sometimes they need to have, you know, a little extra build.
1: That's like your third place animal. That was like my yeah. third place animal topic. If I had like one in the class that was like decent, but like real straight or not good out of its hawk, I'd be like, yeah, this one's not very good structured, but it's cosmetic. Like yeah. that's all it is. Like put it on a hook. That doesn't matter. Yep. Exactly.
0: I, so I completely I, agree.
1: There's two, like we said, there's two aspects of it. Yep. Wow. All right. Give me the... Uh, Give me the pitch. Anybody that's listening here, give me the pitch for U of A. Dare to
0: be different. That, that's that's kind of my pitch. I, I've talked to a few kids, and you know, I, I've told them they're not going to to one of the big name schools that you know everybody has on the front of their mind of oh, who's going to win Louisville this year? You know, there'll be different people talking about different things, and U of A is not one of those schools. Granted, we're not running a team right now. Yeah, we won't be running until next year, but. Understand that you can get a lot of recognition just by coming and doing something on your own. It, I think that I'm I'm trying to put together enough JUCO kids and enough really high quality JUCO kids to come together. We're gonna to be a smaller team. We're, you know, you're not gonna go and be one of twenty yeah. on a team somewhere. And sure, I guess my my thought process is, is do I want to go be on a team of twenty where I'm? You know, We might win a national championship, but did I ever mark cards at the You'll be in contests? the picture. You'll be in the picture. <laughs> and that's great. That's, that's what great...
1: I thought about at Tech, dude. That's yeah. the only... When I went to Tech, I not, not to derail you again, but when I went to Tech, they had six or seven All-Americans on that team. And I went into Tech knowing, well, I might not mark cards, but in the back of my mind... Yeah, you'll be in the picture. Yeah. And that might have been a reason why I left Tech, honestly. And,
0: and and that's one of those things. Like, if that's something that you're... If that's the only thing of your thought process, like, you just want that kind of... If you're just kind of searching for glory... And, yeah, and that's exactly. What, that's what it, it is, is. That's fine. Like, and Or if you're just good enough. If you're good enough and you think you're going to be there and you are you know you're going to compete... Do it. Do it. Yeah. I, I, by all means. Or come to U of A if you're really good. Or, or yeah. I mean, or <laughs> certainly come here. I will coach you to yes. all that glory you want, but... Yes. But at the same time, if if you're one of those people who you know maybe you're not getting those phone calls from those big schools, you know you you feel a little undervalued. You know, being in the top twenty five at a junior college contest is still a great place to be. Oh yeah, um, you know you're still going up against twenty some other schools. You're you're still in like the top percentile of of your age group. Don't think that you have to go somewhere where everybody else is going. I I am more than willing to talk to you. I'm I will talk it up day and night. Like I said, we're pushing for not only, not only are we putting all this fundraising stuff on just in order to try and get some extra travel budget, but I've been a real big proponent of getting more scholarship money. Yes, Um,
1: that's going to be a huge thing, I think.
0: Yeah. um, Here at U of A. Yeah, I was told that we're not going to be able to get in-state tuition waivers for those kids, which I was really kind of shooting for. I'm still probably going to keep pushing that issue. Um, I'm just going to keep kicking that can down the road until somebody finally picks it up yeah like, uh, I, I'm always willing to talk to people like and I know choosing a senior college is, is difficult I, I made the wrong choice when coming out I, I went from Lincoln Land, I went to Iowa State um, it just wasn't a fit I, I don't be wrong love love Ames love the university love the setup there I if I ever have kids I'd be more than happy for them to go to Iowa State yeah um, but it wasn't it wasn't home for me, so the dude I, like we. I mean, yeah. we talked
1: about this when we first met. It was just like Lubbock for me.
0: Yeah, it was just like it. it, it like when we were yeah. talking, it sounded like the same exact experience. Yep, I, I, it wasn't. It wasn't a place for me, and I called up Dan Shiekh, and at the time, Chris Casti was still at U of I, and I was like, "Oh, I'll just go back to U of I and judge for Casti." And I went to U of I, and he went to Ames. And then, so yeah, he went to Iowa uh, State. <laughs> but but hey, it, it all works out. Yeah, um, it does. And coming to U of A. Like Cannon kind of said earlier, it, weather's pretty decent yeah. most of the year. Um, sunshine, good weather, not much rain. Yeah, It's a, a positive and a negative, you know, if you're just 100%. trying to hang out. But but I think campus life, it's been a little different with COVID, but I, I think usually campus life is pretty, pretty good. Um, I, honestly, I think our department's pretty decent. Um, you know we we kind of had to fight we we made a trip to new mexico earlier this year um to for for judging practice and you know some people didn't want to see us go due to covid and everything else and our assistant dean and my department head she she sat through there i i sat through a meeting with a lawyer to make sure we were crossing our t's dotting our eyes and being able to go and and we did finally get the okay the day before we left. Yeah. Um, you know, I do have people in my corner here. Um, I, I'm hoping in the future maybe we reduce my teaching load a little bit, realizing how much time yeah. I really do put in towards the judging team. Um, for sure. So, but it's part it, of it. Yeah, it's yeah. part of it. I mean, starting out, that's what's to be expected. But I, I hope to build something here. Yeah. And that's kind of what we've been shooting for. I, I want to get... You know, I want to get started. I want to kind of have that opportunity down the road. I'd like to have a grad student, um, you know, to kind of, from what I've been told, there's not much help for the 4-H teams around here. There's not. We're trying to put on more contests. We're trying to bring in a grad student who can kind of coach a state 4-H team. I'd really like to see Arizona kind of adopt the Illinois model because I think that would be one heck of a 4-H team. Because Illinois, you take your top six kids in the state – regardless of where they're at.
1: Yeah, and you just put them on a team.
0: And they go and they usually roll through Louisville pretty good. Yeah. Um, usually end up in the top top three, top five at least, if not winning the dang thing. So having, having all that extra assistance, having those opportunities, those are something that those kids are going to have. If you want to judge some actual shows, come down here because you're going to get the opportunity because when people call me, I mean, I still have to teach. I have to do everything else. Yeah. I won't have all the time in the world. I'll, I'll send you to shows. If I tra- If you prove your worth to me and you prove that I can trust you, you're going.
1: Yeah. And uh, there's a lot of shows down here.
0: There are. I, I was even shocked by that. Like, We yeah. have a good circuit. Yeah. The sale of circuit down here is fantastic because when I first met you, we were at the Sonoida show and they said there was like 1,300 entries. There were. Between all four species. And that, I mean, that was a heck of a show. It was. It was a big show i loved it i I didn't expect it i thought i got the call the judge
1: because they were expecting low entries yeah like i showed up being like oh they're gonna have low entries that's why i got the phone call but then i show up and they're like oh 1300 entries i'm like oh
0: and let's do it yeah and and, i mean it was fun like it was a fun fun. two days good time um and we're good stock too there was good stock there there was a lot of really good stock there and i met a lot of people and that was the big thing for me like That's why when I talked to Tor, I was like, yeah, you know, I'd really like to do this for just that opportunity to meet the people, yeah, Um, to get introduced and to start making those connections. And, you know, that's where I made this connection that we're going to this afternoon, Um, connection that we went to a few weeks ago. Um, Plan right now is we're going to go to their Halloween show and and we're going to go see what... In Cottonwood? uh, Cottonwood? Kingman. Kingman. Kingman, Kingman, yeah. I'd like to go up there because I talked to a guy the other day and apparently California hogs are coming and everything else like it's gonna be a big old deal so i said why not go if we at least we'll make connections and if not we can at least pull stuff out of the show and and have just a good two days of practice that's the plan yeah so all right well well let's wrap this up
1: here all right We'll get you on again. I mean, you're going to be a recurring guest now. That's fine. I, I,
0: <laughs> now that I know where you live, like it, the construction really threw me. Yeah, like they're like widening that road. Yeah. I was like, I have no idea where you're at, but yeah, we, we found it, so that's not a big deal.
1: And it's not too far from campus. It's, no, I it's mean, it's kind of right in here, it just nestled yeah, in a little bit.
0: I can, I can make it to the farm here, and no, 15
1: it takes takes twelve minutes. Yeah, fifteen. It's not 12 bad. Minutes. Just go right down Campbell.
0: Exactly. So, uh, Will's going to be on again,
1: of course. I'm going to get your uh, last name right next time. Maybe. I'm not going to say it again because I know I'll get it (laughs) wrong right now. I I guarantee you. Uh, So, we'll get him on again. He's a recurring guest. Thanks again for being on, man. Hey,
0: no problem. Uh, I I appreciate the opportunity.
1: Yeah, no problem. Well, I'll talk to you later.
0: All right. Sounds good. Time's limited, so
1: you must listen carefully. All righty. Hope you guys liked that one. Uh, Will's a good guy. I'm, I'm excited to see what he does down here in Tucson. Uh, if he can change the program around or, or what are some of the roadblocks that he runs into when he goes through this process. And, and that's really why I want, him, want to have him on for some more episodes going down the road uh, as a reoccurring guest because I, I'm eager to hear the roadblocks that he has to get through and, and some of the challenges that he has to face. And I'm excited to get his name out there and, uh, and get the University of Arizona judging team name out there so if there's any recruits um, that are going through junior college right now, that are looking for something different. This is something different for sure. Uh, and you heard it all in the interview. I mean, it, it is a change of pace. And um, I put it in the cold open. I mean, that's his pitch is dare to be different here. Um, so that's all I can say about it, to be honest with you. I hope you like this one. Come back next week. We'll have more for you, I promise. Uh, like I said, check out all the other podcasts. Uh the show pod uh at the show pod add me on snapchat canon 18 i'll talk to you guys later bye